Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up? It's Andy from Black Mountain Pines. You're listening to Talking Metal. Yo, this is Jamie St. James from the great Black and Blue. You're listening to Talking Metal. Crank it up. Should I say I'm from Whitesnake? Yeah, you can do that, sure. <laughs> Should I make the sound... Like it's a snake flying by? Yeah, there you go. Whatever you, whatever, whatever you want, man. Whatever toots my float. <laughs> okay. You're, are you ready? Go for it. Hey, what's up? This is Brian Tishy from White Snake. <laughs> and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, this is Pickles the Drummer from Death Clack, and um, you're listening to Attacking Metal. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is Rob Dukes from Exodus, and you're listening to Talking Fucking Metal. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking Metal. <laughs> rock, rock over London, Zurich, Auckland, Dublin, Dallas, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Sydney, Indianapolis, Tokyo, Seattle, Paris, Budapest, Berlin, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, two men who are committed to rocking you wherever you might be, John Astronomy and Mark Striegel. Welcome to the Talking Metal Podcast, broadcasting around the world from TalkingMetal.com and StriegelsMusicNews.com. Hey guys, welcome to Talking Metal, episode 356. We're about to get into our July 12th, 2011 edition of the Talking Metal Live Show, part three of three. If you missed the first two episodes, please go back and check them out. Episode 354 is obviously part one, followed by 355, part two. Today is part three. Before we do that, let's get into a listener email. Hey guys, I'm an eager listener of your podcast. And thanks for the work you guys are doing to keep us happy. I'm an Italian, but I'm living in Denmark, and I'm listening to your podcast and been listening to your podcast for several months. You guys are great, and I appreciate all you are doing, from the musical episodes to the interviews. It's all great. I heard in the last episode you read a listener's email. Please read mine as well. Thanks. I wanted to let you know that this evening, while strolling through the streets of Copenhagen, I had a chance, the luck or call it what you want, to spot Yannick Gers on the street of Copenhagen. He was hanging out, I guess taking pictures of the city and enjoying himself before the evening gig at Roskled Festival here in Roskilde. Roskilde? I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry, dude. Festival here in Denmark, which is in a nearby location outside of Copenhagen. I managed to get him and have a chat. I shook his hand and congratulated him for all his music. 
Hey, I'm a total Maiden fan, so this makes my day. What a lucky thing, especially since I was so disappointed that I had to work a schedule that night and I missed the gig. But then again, I met Yannick live in person and could have a chance to chat and shake a hand. How about that? Cool. Great stuff, man. Uh, This is from Nello, by the way. He goes on to say, here's another point. I'm also writing to let you know not only listen to metal, but also to classical music. Is that weird? Of course not, man. It's not weird at all. Um, I think there's a lot of classical influences in metal from everything from, you know, Michael Shanker's playing to Richie Blackmore's playing to obviously Engve's playing and so many of the the guitar players, younger guitar players that they've influenced. Uh, you hear many harmonic minor scales, many Paganini and, and even Bach, Mozart. Eh, I'd say Bach and, and Paganini more than Mozart, but you definitely hear influences, um, heavy me- classical influences in heavy metal, for sure. Not all types of heavy metal, but but some. So anyways, Nello, thank you for checking in. Great email, and uh, glad to make your acquaintance. Check us out on TalkingMetal.com. That's where you can make your donations. This is listener-supported, no commercials. And we are depending on you, our listeners, to support what we do here. Other ways you can support is you you don't even have to pay any money. You just go to TalkingMetal.com, use the links to open iTunes. Like when you hear this song that we're about to play, for example, Fallen Angel by Black Veil Brides, just go to, you know, if you want to buy it, go to TalkingMetal.com, open up the, sh- open. there's a link, it says Buy Fallen Angel by Black Veil Brides here. You click that link, it opens up your iTunes, buy the song for 99 cents, buy a bunch of other songs, we get like a 3 to 5% kickback on those songs. Uh, no extra cost to you guys, uh, just one extra step, that's visiting Talking Metal to actually launch your iTunes uh, software on your on your computer. So there you go. There's also other ways like buying a t-shirt or just giving us a PayPal donation. Uh, and uh, the PayPal button is on TalkingMetal.com. You can send me cash at Mark Striegel, P.O. Box 404, Maplewood, New Jersey, 07040. Just put TM on the envelope. That means uh, it's a Talking Metal donation. I will split it with Mr. Astronomy, a.k.a. Ostrowski. Definitely looking forward to the Ace book that John has been hard at work on. No regrets. Uh, cannot wait to read that. And I think Ace probably has some good stories to tell in that. Always love the rock and roll books. Cool. Anyways, let's get into the final hour of the July edition of Talking Metal Live. This includes our interview with Andy from... Black Veil Brides. Take 
And we're back with Talking Metal Live. This is hour three. If you're listening to the podcast, it's starting now. Mark and John. Hey, Andy, are you on the line? I'm here. Hey, man, thanks so much for taking the time out. I know you guys are doing a show tonight, or you just did a show, and we really appreciate you taking the time to become a guest on Talking Metal. It's all good. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, Andy, Mark here. How is Warp Tour going? Going well. I uh, just got off stage, sweaty, about to uh, have a drink. All good. And is this a different crowd than you usually play to? You know, it's sort of different every day. I think that for us, in terms of our fan base, most people show up. And uh, you know, in terms of Blackfell Brides, we our fans are pretty devoted. So most people show up in the war paint and are ready to sort of sing along with us. I think that, if anything else, being on this tour has sort of opened up the band to a new audience and uh, people who wouldn't otherwise see our show. And, and that's nice. But at the end of the day, we go out on stage to uh, see the Blackfell Brides Army. Great. Andy, I just want to tell you that I'm a fan of bands like Kiss and bands like Molly Crew, and you guys, to me, have literally the, the best look I've seen of, of any band in years, and what you also have are the songs to back everything up, and uh, I thank God that the, your generation is keeping the faith and keeping rock and roll the way I love it and heavy metal the way I love it alive. Well, thank you, man. I feel like, you know, for us growing up, we, we had a very specific idea of what we wanted to do, and obviously loving bands like Wasp and, and Motley Crue and the Dead Boys and those kind of bands. For us to be able to do what we want to do and for the, the fans to accept it as they have, and especially in today's musical climate, it's a great feeling. Great. Yeah. And now, congratulations, by the way, on the new record, Set the World on Fire, released a few weeks ago and landed in the Billboard Top 20. How did it feel to hear the news that you had a Top 20 album? It's amazing, but I think that in terms of us as a band, we felt pretty confident that it was going to chart well because, I mean, you're looking at a band that's fan base as devoted as they are. I mean, we everything that we do from, you know, winning Golden Gods Awards to Kerrang Awards on down, we, we have the fan base that really backs it up. So we can go 100% confident into anything knowing that we're going to have our fans behind us. So when the record came out, we, we were so proud of it and we knew that our audience would enjoy it so much that... You know, we, we felt pretty confident in, in the numbers and how it would sell. But by the same token, I mean, you're always hugely appreciative of those kind of things. Now, Andy, I just want to take it back a little bit to when you were uh, growing up. What were your favorite groups and what what did it take to develop your love for metal and for the type of metal that you guys are doing? I think that, I mean, most people could see that obviously Motley Crue and Wasp and L.A. Guns and those kind of bands were hugely influential on us. But... We were also influenced by, you know, things like Kiss and, and the New York Dolls and those kind of bands as well. But then even harkening back to bands like the Misfits and the Dead Boys and the Damned and punk rock bands like that. Um, I think that if, if we could try to culminate all those things and bring influences of, you know, obvious bands like Metallica and Mr. Big and the, the more, you know, solo-oriented metal bands into it, that that's what we wanted to do. And I, I think we've achieved it. And what about like a band like Rancid, uh, they were a pretty big influence on you guys? Definitely, and and uh, actually Tim Armstrong came in on this record and, and was pretty hugely influential in, in shaping the record with us. Cool, and what did actually what did Tim actually do on the record? Um, we wrote a few songs together, most of which became stuff that we're going to put on the third record, but if nothing else, he was there to just sort of, you know, as a hero of ours, guide us in the right direction and make the song sound like something that, you know, we, we grew up loving, so... Having someone that was as influential on us, I mean, I think the most metal fans would cite Outcome of the Wolves as being one of the great rock records of the last 20 years. 
um, to have someone that you know was was hugely influential in writing those kind of records in there with us that really helped us kind of get our minds around the idea of writing a big epic rock and roll record. Right. Basically, keeping the idea of subgenre out of the album, making sure that regardless of what we were doing, we were making a rock record first and foremost, and not putting those subgenre titles on it or anything else. Cool. Mick Mars also involved in the record. Um, you know, Mick Mars was involved uh, on a personal level. He's he's definitely a good friend of mine. I've written a bit. Um, for his solo record, and, and he's, a, he's a great guy. And if nothing else, was there to help us on a on a personal level. Too. You know, I mean, it's it's always good when you when you make a record to have people that believe in what you're doing, and especially when they're heroes of yours. I mean, also Sebastian Bach from Skid Row has been there as a huge supporter. Dee Snider from uh, Snider from Sister. I mean, we've had most of our heroes been there as as people that have supported us, even on down to Alice Cooper. Cool. Now, I wanted to uh, ask you a question about Jason Flum, and uh, your fans probably already know uh, this, the answer to this question, but some of the Talking Metal listeners may not. Tell us how you hooked up with such a heavyweight in the music industry. Um, when when the first record came out, we, we, were, we sold pretty well, and I think that if anything else, we were selling record sales that maybe hadn't been done by a, a hard rock band or a metal band in a long time, so the attention of major labels started to sort of come to us and, and we've been courted by various major labels and most of which wanted to maybe change us or, or make us into something that had been commercially viable previously for them. So whenever Jason Fawn came into the picture, he was sort of the only person that seemed to really understand the band. Um, my, bass, my bass player, Ashley, and I had dinner with him and, and we sort of talked about the direction of the band and what we wanted to do as a band and that we weren't really ready to change everything and we felt like what we had was something that could be, again, viable to a, to a major market, and he really understood it. And he came in as a person that was not there to change us as a band, but rather to help us grow as a band, and that was something we, I felt we really needed. And in, in the long run, it really benefited us. Cool. Andy, I just checked out the video for uh, Legacy. Is, is shooting music videos something you guys enjoy? Certainly. I mean, you look at us as a, you know, a lot of people cite the visual aspect of our band, and I feel like we've all grew up loving the more entertaining rock and roll videos, you know, from any of our influences. In the day where maybe MTV was something that was, uh, you know, something that people really watched, and, and we watched those kind of videos from Motley Crue to Wasp, uh, like Guns on Down, and the entertainment value was something that was really there. So when, when we can make videos, we really feel like it's an opportunity to showcase our live show via some sort of, you know, music video form. Andy, I love that you have mentioned Wasp a few times, and and Blackie and and everybody from Wasp have always been one of my favorite bands. Was Blackie Lawless one of your uh, vocal influences as a kid? Definitely. I mean, I always grew up having the the more sort of graspy, um, like I, you know, ate a pack of cigarettes before I started singing voice. So, you know, having someone like Blackie Lawless or, or any of the others that had the more gravelly voice was was great for me, especially being young and and being you know, sort of the kid that had a deep voice or something that sounded different from other things that were happening in music, to have those kind of bands that I could cite as, you know, this is my influence, something that belongs to me was great. And actually one of the first people that really got behind us at an early stage of our career, I mean, even when we were still, at the time that uh, we met the person, I was still homeless living in my car before the band even really broke, was uh, Chris Holmes, previously wow. of Lost. And uh, he would come to our rehearsal space and, and bring us, you know, drinks and food and, and really supported us from a very, very beginning stage of our band. Yeah, how cool is that? That's got to be such a, a great feeling that, you know, one of your, you know, childhood idols was really taking a big interest in your band and helping you guys out. If nothing else, it's a vindication to know that, 
you know, growing up loving these bands and doing what you're doing, that, that the people that influence you to do what you do are appreciative of what you're doing and understand that basically you're taking what they did and, and trying to bring it to a modern era. Yeah, I'll tell you the truth. Like the success that you guys are having is really giving me a uh, restored faith in a music and the fact that uh, a new generation of rock and roll and heavy metal fans, you know, it, it exists because uh, I'll tell you the truth. Sometimes I get a little discouraged because I don't see the kind of stuff that I grew up listening to and loving. But you guys have really restored my faith. Well, that's nice to hear. I mean, obviously everybody doesn't share that opinion. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that would say to the contrary, but I feel like, you know, the success that we've had is because of the general message of the band and what we try to convey in that you can be what you want to be and you can rebel against the things that, you, that upset you in your life. And, and that, I mean, that's, to us it was always about the basic rock and roll ideal, that rock and roll was about, it was about a show. It was about giving some form of rebellion to your audience. And, to a lot of people, that's not what they want. Most people anymore, because of, you look at, I mean, say you look at rock and roll over the past 10, 15 years, and the genre has really been run into the ground by people that just didn't care about putting on a performance or caring about really getting people songs that they could get their minds behind or sing along to. And what we do is hopefully something that can break out of that sort of cookie-cutter mold that you're given over the vast majority of popular rock bands. So it's very nice to hear that you know people appreciate that, but by the same token, we're aware that a lot of people don't. And to most of those people, we just sort of you know we we uh, we turn our middle fingers in the air and we we question their real beliefs in rock and roll. And they go, right, cool. Now, Andy, I wanted to circle back. You mentioned Mick Mars, uh, a solo record. Now, you're doing writing for this record. I've I've worked on a song with him for his solo record. It's in the making. It's something that you know the the Motley guys are always touring and always working. So. Um, it's something that's sort of been a, a, a work of his for a while, and, and hopefully he can, you know, get the time to complete it. But I will say one thing that Vic Mars is one of the greatest songwriters I've ever met in my life and, and had the pleasure to work with. So hopefully we can complete the work that we've done together, and, and, I, and I can't wait to hear his full album. I know he's, he's worked with, you know, in terms of this record, I mean, he's really worked with the heavy hitters in the rock and roll industry. So to be part of that is it's a great honor, and, and I can't wait to hear the completed record. Cool. No, no word on when that might come out. That's completely up to Mick, man. <laughs> now, how how is Mick doing? I know he's had uh, some issues with, with Bones. Is it, how is he feeling right now? To me, Mick has always been the quintessential member of Motley Crue. I mean, he's always been the guy that, as a kid growing up, I mean, he represented it more than, you know, anyone. I mean, obviously, I Motley Crue is one of my favorite bands of all time, and I've always respected all the members, but he always really represented the, the, the true outcast in that regard. And, and as being a kid who grew up loving the more punk rock and sort of, you know, the Loner's music, the combination of him and Nicky Six has always been something that I really respected. So he really is, and he's always been that guy. So to go to his home or to be around him, he really is still the same person that you see in interviews or, you know, you grow up loving, and, and he really is doing well. I mean, you're sort of fed the story that he's he's not as strong as he really is by media or by the people that sort of say that he's, he's you know, been debilitated by his, his illness or anything, but he's one of the most you know, really hopeful and kind people I've ever met in the world and was, you know, he knew obviously going into it that I was a Motley Crue fan and he sat, we sat on his back porch and talked about Motley Crue and talked about, you know, favorite songs and everything and he was more than open and, and really willing to talk to me about those kind of things. So he really is a true influence and someone that can understand that there's a young crop of musicians that are coming up that really want to change the scope of music and, and my band being one of them and, and him respecting it was, was great for me. 
Oh, awesome. I, I've always thought Mick was great. And I just remember back at the uh, the old videos, uh, Looks That Kill and uh, Too Young to Fall in Love. And just uh, I've just always been uh, a fan of Molly Crew, but in particular Mick. Uh, and I remember, what was the video that he was spitting blood in in the, in the early Motley Crue video? Was that uh, Livewire? I think Livewire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're, we're hugely influenced by by that look. I think that uh, my guitar player, Jinx, he often spits blood on stage, and that's a huge... I mean, and the thing is that we don't we don't try to hide our influences. I feel like it's important for a young audience to see that we we are hugely influenced by Motley Crue and Wasp and, and L.A. Guns and, you know, Twisted Sister and those kind of things. Those are the bands that made to me made metal music what it is and, and if it wasn't for those fans we wouldn't exist and I and I we don't try to hide our influences. So Mick Mars, you know, Nikki Six, Fashion Box, you know, D Snyder on down, those are the people that really made us who we are. So those moments are the moments that we try to capture and, and who we are as a band. Yeah, absolutely. But what I also want to mention to everybody who's listening is that the fact that you, you guys have these influences, but I hear a lot of original brand new stuff that you guys are bringing to the metal world that's like very contemporary and and I think it's like the best of both worlds you're, you're a band that has some great influences but you're not just you, you don't sound exactly like Motley Crue you guys sound like Black Veil Brides and you really I mean you, I was really taken aback by like some of the the screaming that you do and some of the melodic singing and I really think that you guys are doing something that is very 2011, yet influenced by a bunch of great bands. Well, we've always thought is that, you know, in order to really pay homage, if you will, to the bands that we grew up loving, we felt that, you know, there's been, what, you know, 35 plus years of hard rock or metal music that we could play upon. So take influence equally from Slayer as we do from Motley Crue or anything else, and then hopefully bring it to 2011 and, and give something that's viable for a young audience. That's what we wanted to do. There's a lot of bands that, obviously, you know, as fans of that genre, you respect. They just sort of do, I don't know, throwback music, songs that maybe seem exactly like something you've already heard before. But we've always felt that it's important that if we're going to take these influences, bring them to something that's new and, and fun and something that's exciting for a young audience. We are young people. I mean, I'm, I've only just turned 20. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not someone that was born in 1986. I, I don't know that world. I know all I know is the influence that that world had on me, and. And hopefully I can bring that influence to something that's modern and, and, and new and something that's exciting and fresh for a young audience. Also, hopefully generating interest by the, the older audience as well. Cool. I wanted to ask you how you're feeling. I know you fell off the stage a few, what is it, about a month ago? It was about, uh, I guess, probably about three weeks ago now. Three weeks ago, and you, you broke how many ribs? I broke three ribs, and my nine, nine, 10, and 11 ribs in my back, which are... Uh, I found out recently the ribs that support your spine, so that, oh, that was boy. interesting to hear. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doing better one, day, one day at a time. You know, I, I, I sort of, I spend my time on this tour playing the shows, and then I try to rest as much as possible, and there's a medic on site for us, and my band has been very good about making sure that I, I take care of myself. So, to me, it was the choice was either to be on stage and play shows or to be sort of cooped up in a hospital bed, and that never really seemed as interesting to me, so... I'd rather be out here seeing our fans, and, and most of our fans at most shows understand that I can't always sing all the parts of our songs because I'm still recovering, but they sort of make up for it with the community of voices. That's great. Now, you guys are in uh, Darien Lake, New York tonight, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, now, do you guys have any plans to, to maybe come on your own to do a show in New York City? Certainly. We'll be doing a headlining tour. Um, I believe it's in November in the States. It'll be our first oh, headlining great. tour we've ever done, and, 
the the whole goal of that tour is to try to bring, in terms of stage show and everything, everything we're going to try to bring the uh, the legacy music video on stage. So it should be pretty fun. Very, very awesome. Cool. Now we've done a lot of talking of the classic bands in in this interview with you, but what contemporary bands are you currently listening to, if any? Uh, I really respect uh, our friends in a band called Asking Alexandria. They're a band that really they also understand the importance of rock and roll music and bringing the the idea of rebellion and fun back to music. Um, I've been listening a lot to a band called Crash Diet from Sweden, uh, right? As well as uh, a band that we're we're going to be bringing on tour soon called Falling in Reverse. Um, which is the former singer of Escape the Fates band. Uh, a, a lot of bands, I think, that you know maybe don't always get the, the attention that some bands get, but I feel like they're really there to, uh, to to represent the idea of rock and roll. And and you know, obviously, friends that we have, bands like Aiden and, and, and other bands, are really believing in the same ideals and the same ideas. So, you know, I think that if nothing else, in the next couple of months, you'll be seeing Black Veil Brides bringing a lot of bands that are, uh, you know, I, the same sort of the niche or the same sort of musical idea of rebellion to, to the United States. Cool. Let's see. I wanted to just wrap things up with asking you kind of a random question here. What is the best concert you've ever seen? What is the best live act you've ever seen? You know, it's, it's sort of split. You know, I, I think that the, the best live band as being a young kid that I ever saw in terms of performance and energy and something that changed my life was seeing in 2002, I saw AFI mm-hmm. and, I had previously, before that, only ever seen, you know, Kiss and Motley Crue and the bands that that really influenced me musically. But in terms of performance and energy, I would have to say that it might not be something that's hugely influential on our music. But I think that, you know, old AFI and Davey Havoc were a band that will always leave a a mark in my mind as being the most entertaining performance I've ever seen. By the by, the same token, uh, a performance like watching the 1997 reunion tour as a very young kid on my dad's shoulders of Kiss. I mean, that's. That's something that changed my life forever. And, you know, obviously seeing things like Aerosmith and Motley Crue and those bands that are maybe more viable in terms of what you hear in our music. But I would always have to say that AFI really changed my life in terms of performance value. Cool. Thanks so much for joining us, Andy. We'd love to get a Talking Metal ID from you saying your name, your band, and you're listening to Talking Metal. For sure. You ready? Whenever you're ready. Hey, what's up? It's Andy from Black Metal Blinds. You're listening to Talking Metal. Andy, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We had a, a great time. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you when you come back to the city. Thank you, man, and I appreciate you guys being complimentary of our record. Hey, thank you. Let's get into the title track off the new record right now by Black Veil Brides on Talking Metal. This is Set the World on Fire. Thanks, Andy. Oh! 
Metal is the name. Talking about metal is the game. John and that Mark. was awesome, bud. Friendly. Hey guys, Mark. That was a technical gr- glitch on my part. Yeah, and you know no I have problem. the crossfade on, and it started going into the, the next song. On that's the, uh, okay. a very abrupt. Hey, I just want abrupt cue. I just want to thank Andy from Blackfelt Brides for hanging out with it with Talking Metal, and uh, they are one awesome band, and I wish that we could have been in Darien Lake, New York tonight watching the show, but I'm glad we're here doing Talking Metal. There was like a bad accident out there recently. It was just oh, yeah? heard on the news, yeah, out there at the amusement park, so oh, hopefully yeah, that did yeah, not no, affect yeah, anything. You're with, not going to uh, believe what happened, guys, if you haven't heard. There, there was a uh, soldier who had uh, lost yeah, yeah, that's a couple where of happened, his legs right? yeah. in, uh, in Iraq, came back, Lived through that and then fell off a roller coaster. What the heck? Yeah, is that? yeah. Can you imagine? And uh, boy, what a tragedy! Survives the rack and, uh, and then get killed on a roller coaster off by a roller coaster. Man, yeah. what a, what a tragedy! And we thank all of the veterans and all of the soldiers right now for oh, yeah, fighting absolutely. for our lives. Yeah. The by the way, if you haven't seen it, Black Veil Brides does a great photo shoot and article in the most recent issue of Revolver magazine. I wanted to actually ask Andy about it, but I kind of spaced out there at the end and didn't want to, you know, I know how busy they are. I didn't want to use up too much more of his time since it was was supposed to be only a 15 minute interview. Right. It was so great that they did a show tonight and then he still had enough time to call in, which guys, fans of uh, Black Velvet Brides, that's how cool this band is. They, they will do a show and they'll still take the time to do an interview for you guys and for Talking Metal, which was very cool. Cool. Yeah, definitely a great band. We would love the podcast listeners. Uh, if you're interested in downloading the song that you just heard, go to TalkingMetal.com. Use the link that you'll see in today's show notes to open up your iTunes and take you directly to the brand new Black Veil Brides album. And right. uh, you can download that, and we get a little kickback on that. It's the same price as always, you know, but, but you're you don't just, have to pay extra. Yeah, you don't have to pay extra. All you have to do is go to talkingmetal.com and use our link to open your iTunes. And anything you buy once you use that link supports us. So, uh, again, this is for the podcast version of this, which will probably be up in uh, the next week for sure. And uh, please don't bootleg the interview until uh, we have a chance to, uh, or Throw don't it bootleg up. it at all, but you know. 
just be assured <laughs> it will be it will be available soon in a downloadable form of media on iTunes, on, right? On iTunes, and then and you can have your very that. own uh, copy of this podcast on your hard drive. So, anyway, guys, what a, what a great show we had so far, and uh, it was nice. Eric Bones of Steel, metal expert, uh, yeah, came by. Always and, good to talk uh, with Eric. It was, question was a little choppy on the uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah that one question it was <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I, no I love it because it was like uh, hey well your internet presence <laughs> no I'm just kidding Eric yeah. Eric you know how many questions um, I've blown in the history I mean even this black how many rising, questions you've blown yeah 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 no. I need to actually we're gonna probably have to edit that black bride's intro because my intro wasn't perfect you know? yeah I hey, yeah I, don't, I thought it was guess fine. what I have a very special guest here and I just want yeah let's introduce her. your friend who's joined us in yeah, the studio. This is Nejan, one of the uh, coolest people I've met in New York City. Say hello to the fans. Hi, fans. Nejan, what hard rock, heavy metal bands do you listen to? <laughs> if any. I am a big fan of Motley Crue. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to check Motley Crue out this Sunday with my wife. Uh, surprised me with a Father's Day gift. She bought the VIP tickets to the uh, Poison Motley Crue concert at PNC. So we will be right up front at the show. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to seeing the New York Dolls. Never seen them in concert. I've always loved them. Uh, They are opening up the show. If you haven't heard the new New York Dolls album, uh, what's your name again? I did not hear. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot your name. What is it? Nejan. If you haven't heard the New York Dolls uh, new album, it is uh, not typical. It's, It's almost got an alternative, if you can... Picture this. Maybe I'll play a little bit for you. Uh, alternative vibe meets like old school, like 1950s rock and roll. It's uh, it's very, very, very cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Steve Conti is the guitar player in the group. I don't think he's in it anymore. Is he? Oh, he's not. Maybe he's I not. I don't think. I think Earl Slick. Uh, well, well, I know Earl Slick is good. Remember, he was on. Uh, let's look it up right now. I don't know who's. I thought Steve Conti. Maybe he's not in the band who, anymore. Who's the guy you interviewed for? Um, that was Earl Slick. Earl yeah. Slick. Yeah, I so believe. Earl Slick in the band. Yeah, Earl Slick Bowie from Bowie fame is playing. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's Dolls. pretty crazy. Why I, don't you look it up? And yeah, I'm going to look it up yeah. right now. Uh, but the New York Dolls, always such a great band and such a history, you know, influential on bands like Kiss. I was going to go and check these guys out, check the same tour out in Indianapolis uh, because I was out there the same day for the Days of the Dead convention that Ace appeared at. But you know what happened uh, that night? We kind of got, well, I kind of got jammed up with stuff and uh, wound up not making the show. But I, I really wish I could have seen it and... Uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, anybody who has a chance to catch Motley Crue, Poison, and the New York Dolls on tour should do it. Yeah, absolutely. Earl, Earl Slick is the uh, guitar player, which is great. And uh, Kenny Aronson, the drummer. Wow. Who's Kenny Aronson? I know that. Is that, that was John Cougar f- Mellencamp guy? Oh, that no, he's the bassist. Bassist. Yeah. Oh. He. Um. Remember that uh, HSAS? I th- is that him? I don't know. I, I you remember that band? It was like Hager, Sean, Aronson, Shreve, Oh, yeah. Like that. Yeah, I don't know if that's him. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm pretty sure. Well, let's see who else. Uh, David Johansson, of course, the singer. Sylvain, Sylvain, Kenny Aronson, Earl Slick, and Jason Sutter. Let's see who Jason Sutter is. Because remember the drummer of the New York Dolls came to the Ace listening party that we put on? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was Rob Bailey and uh, Frank. Oh, Frears right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, definitely. But now Jason Sutter's the drummer, so I, I think that they've went through a, a few different musicians recently, and I, I don't think it's. I, I, oh, that was Brian Delaney who who came, who was Frank's, oh, right, right, Frank. I think that you know it's just like a lot of these musicians. Um, 
have, you know, a million different gigs. And it's just basically, you know, who's available at the time. But Earl Slick in the New York Dolls is awesome because he is a, you know, a classic rock yeah. guitar player. And I just. Uh, and he's Killer Kane is dead. Killer Kane is dead. Right, yes. right. Yep. And, Earl Slick uh, was on, do you remember when he was on Talking Rock or Talking Metal? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah he's he, a great he guy. did an interview with him. Yeah, yep. hung out with him down in the East Village, which was really, really cool. And uh, as Bud Friendly mentioned, Killer Kane dead, but uh, Kane Roberts still alive. Kane actually. Roberts, yeah. the in is he still a you know like a bodybuilder? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, cocaine still going strong apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Drug, sales are the up. Drug sales are up. Sales are up. Uh, the guys over in Europe, the Talking Metal listeners, are going just gangbusters with their emails to us. Here's another one. <laughs> hey, guys, just writing to say that I'm an avid fan oh. of the Talking Metal podcast. I listen to it while I'm driving my truck some. all over the UK. I live in Blackwood, South Wales, the home of the Manic Street Preachers. Love that band, by the way. You introduced me to a lot of bands and music that I might never have heard, but... You cost me a fortune because I have to buy the CDs and downloads and all of all the great music. Don't tell the wife. Uh, I'm happy to buy a T-shirt to help spread the words in the Welsh valleys. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Pengam Pete. Pengam Pete, uh, definitely uh, encourage you to buy a t-shirt. I encourage all the Talking Metal listeners to buy a t-shirt on TalkingMetal.com in the store section. Unfortunately for you you European uh, listeners, I know that they'll charge you just a crazy amount to ship the t-shirt over there. I probably shouldn't say that, uh, but... You know, I'm not trying to deflate sales here, but I know there is a, a big shipping cost to get it over there. I'm sorry about that. But we do appreciate your support. And again, Talking Metal t-shirts available in the store section on TalkingMetal.com. You can also support Talking Metal by making a PayPal donation. This is a listener-supported show. No commercials, commercial-free. And you can do that by going to TalkingMetal.com. What do you got there, John? I got something really, really cool. <clears throat> And I, I want to tell you about this, and we can both answer this question for a really cool guy named John S. And uh, Sawicki, can we say people's last names? I always uh, yeah. don't want to invade their it. privacy, but yeah. he wrote me a letter on Facebook, and here's the letter. And I want to uh, get your opinion on this as well, as well as uh, everybody else here in the studio. It says, hi, John. I've been a fan of Talking Metal for years. I apologize if this is a bit too personal for a fan asking a question. A absolutely not. But if you have time, I would like some help picking a college. I live in the L.A. area, and so there is a ton of metal. But I'm about to apply for college, and I'm slightly afraid to apply out of L.A., San Diego, or San Francisco, where there are big metal scenes. My counselor suggested checking out Michigan, Boston, New Orleans, Seattle, Austin, Philadelphia, D.C., and Miami. Do you know if there being significant metal scenes in those areas, are there any other areas you could recommend? Thanks, John. Uh, John, here's what I'm going to initially say. Um, I learned so much by going to college in Boston at Berkeley College of Music, and that's where I met Mark. And um, I, I think uh, even if there's not a big metal scene happening at Berkeley, that's a place where where you, I'm sure you're going to meet a bunch of other great metal musicians and people who like metal. Uh, I'm not sure if you're actually a musician, um, but uh, Boston is definitely one of the uh, towns that I would say. What do you guys think? I, I don't know, man. I, I It's hard to say. I always think of L.A. Uh, being a, a, a 
great place for hard rock and heavy metal. I, I would say New York isn't so great, actually. It's always more this like alternative hipster type of scene, and the punk rock scene always seemed like it's maybe halfway decent in New York. But I, you know, whatever, man. I, I, it's hard to say. I, I, I really. Honestly, I don't know where there are thriving metal scenes, except for possibly in uh, Scandinavia. You know, it's like yeah. you know, and I, I don't, I don't think you want to go to school there. Although maybe you, you know do. What? I don't know. John, I'll tell you the truth. Being being from LA, uh, LA is such a, a great city, just like New York is, and I don't think you can go wrong in Los Angeles. Um, I Berkeley say, is it Berkeley College of Music in Boston though is a great school to get your musical skills at. Right, if you're, if you're a musician, yeah, and I mean Boston's just a great uh, town, and there's a lot of great colleges there. But I just don't know where, you know, I'm not sure if there really are any big metal scenes anymore. What do you, What do you think, Mark? I, I I think there there possibly are. I just I'm not educated enough to, yeah. to give suggestions on that. So uh, I tell you what, let's get into a little music if you're cool with that. Yeah, and we'll absolutely. come back and we'll wrap things up on today's episode of Talking Metal Live. This is a tray with Blow, and we'll follow it up with Slipknot here on Talking Metal. So fucking blow!
Talking Metal Live. Guys, thanks for joining us here tonight. We really appreciate your support. Thanks to all the Black Veil Brides fans who tuned in. Quite a quite a few listeners. Yeah, actually. no, it was yeah. great. Great show tonight. And it was. it's always nice to do these uh, Talking Metal Live episodes. We need to thank all the great people at Bionic. Yes, absolutely. Thanks to Bionic for making it happen. Thanks to Jody. Thanks for staying late tonight, Jody. Thanks, Jody. And uh, we worked all day doing like all kind of sessions, and then has to stick around for and us listen idiots. to Talking Metal yeah. hang out. <laughs> so thanks, Jody. Thanks to Steve. Thanks. B. 
Yeah, Steve Beal, and thanks to uh, Bud Friendly. Bud Friendly. We really appreciate your destination. <laughs> yeah, yep. Bud Friendly's choked up. He's so thankful that he is, for the first time ever in history, slightly choked up. Why don't we end with a little <laughs> Thor, our good friend Thor our out in Vancouver. Thor, yes. Yeah. Thanks, Miss Tanejan, for coming by. Thanks for having me. Oh, let me, uh, let's, let's say that into the mic. Talking metal. Microphone. Thanks for having me at Talking Metal. Thank Thanks you, Nejan. <laughs> I love it. Nejan, okay. you are a natural, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for being here. We appreciate it. Everybody's support. And uh, again, tune into the show notes at talkingmetal.com for you podcast listeners and use those links to take you right to iTunes to download Black Veil Brides and all the other music you heard on today's show. You know what? Check it. Astronomy out on Facebook. By the way, I just have to mention this because I thought there was a bootleg John Ostrowski on Facebook, and it was my dad. Oh, so no. he is now on Facebook. So yeah, get very, this. Very there cool. is a, a a very odd talking metal Twitter account going on. Oh, uh, I don't so even think I told person. you this. No. Yeah, it's like they have it made to look like it's the talking metal Twitter account, uh, but it's like actually talking like talking metal, metal one or something. Unbelievable. Yeah, but it's uh, it's uh. What's the word? Suspect, if you will. Yeah, we might yeah. have to get that shut down, yeah. which yeah. I'm sure I, I we can do. I don't know what Pope is tweeting. I heard the Pope is tweeting. The oh Pope, yeah, he's yeah. got a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. The, yeah. the Vatican. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks I, so I much. I saw that new Pope. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, where was he? He was yeah, in New York iPad. like uh, a while ago. You the know, a couple new years pope? ago. Yeah, the current guy, the the new Pope. Uh, I don't think he no, came here. No, I swear here. to yeah, God. He, yeah, uh, no, he the did. John he Paul, was, jo- what was that, yeah, John yeah, Paul Jones Pope, or something? <laughs> he came to uh, Williamsburg in Greenpoint no, the, uh, over in uh, Brooklyn in there no, back in yeah, like 69. Swear to God, the Pope was here a few years ago, and I saw him on Fifth, a- Fifth Avenue. No, no I'm positive. He was not here. Yes, he was. <laughs> That was not it him. It was the imposter. That was the yes, Nikki Six imposter. No, that, dressed that up was as the Pope. Pope Benedict was <laughs> in New York City. I will bet a million bucks Pope Benedict okay. was well, in New York City. Well, if you happen to find any proof of that, I, was I, will, I will post it on the TalkingMetal.com. I am sure. No, I'm just messing I'm with you, man. I'm sure. I, okay. I've got <laughs> photos. <laughs> I'm sure he was here. Everyone comes to New York. Yeah, although those uh, those royal people did not come here. They went to no, Canada and California. LA, yeah, yeah, they wanted to hang with Tom Hanks. Wow. Yeah. But uh, that's that. So anyways, here's Little Thor, things. our good friend from Vancouver. Uh, one a lot of, the, of Canadian influence. Uh, uh, one of the, the true unsung heroes of hard rock and heavy metal, the great Thor. This is Anger, and we'll catch you next time on the Talking Metal Podcast. <laughs> Any
Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.